0: Get ready! Get ready! Strap yourself in! Keep your
1: hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Cause you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from (laughs) thechrisvossshow.com. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the Iron Lady Sings and that makes it official. We are live on the Chris Voss Show, and we certainly appreciate you guys being here. You know, we're having a special January. We've been doing this for 15 years. We have the most amazing guests on the show. I don't know. It seems like there's a whole mess of people who decided to uh, check in a podcast to improve the quality of their life on New Year's uh, resolutions. I know they're at my gym, filling my gym, which I wish they would just give up hope on that, but don't give up hope on the Chris Voss Show. Anyway, guys, we are up. This is hard to do cuz the show has millions of downloads people. We are up in January this month at uh 2024, I should probably say for people watching this years from now. We are up 245% in downloads for the month of January. So, welcome to the new our audience that's <laughs> do with us. We appreciate you guys being here and uh congratulations. We hope you stick around for another 15 years. And uh yeah, I don't even know what to say. I just scratch my head at all and be like well, I hope we help people get their New Year's resolutions done. Otherwise, they're going to check out like Jim. But the great thing is we always have the smartest people on this show, none of them are me. That's why we have guests, the CEOs, the billionaires, the Pulitzer Prize winners, all the amazing people, with their stories, their lives, their journeys, their cathartic moments that they come teach you so that, number one, you learn you're not alone in life with some of the problems you may be having or challenges. And number two, they give you the resources so that you can get out of the jams maybe you put yourself into. I don't think we've ever had a do not I don't, – I, I don't think they – there hasn't been a guest we have on the show who can get you about any jam in life. Uh, even we have attorneys that get you to prison. So there's that. So we've, we've covered the gambit. There you go. <laughs> Somebody was sitting there going, how do I get out of jail? Uh, anyway, I'm not even sure if we have a penitentiary segment of the Chris Voss show but we should find out. Anyway guys, as always for the show to your family friends and relatives go to goodreads.com for it, says Chris Voss. youtube.com for it, says Chris Voss. linkedin.com for it, says Chris Voss. Subscribe to the big LinkedIn newsletter, the 130,000 LinkedIn group over there as well. And today we have an amazing gentleman and author on the show. He is the author of the latest book to come out September 18th called Thriving: How to create a healthier, happier and more prosperous life. Now, who doesn't want to do that? Rand Selig is on the show with us today, and he'll be talking to us about his uh, latest division, of what he put in his book. He has an MBA from Stanford and has earned undergraduate degrees in mathematics and psychology. He's managed hundreds of complex projects in his career and has run his financial services firm for over 35 years. He's lived and worked in Europe, Asia, Mexico, and the Caribbean. He was a little league Coach and Scoutmaster and has served on numerous boards for decades. He's a roll up your sleeves conservationist, uh committed to helping others and Mother Earth by making annual philanthropic contributions. Welcome to the show, Rand. How are you? Hey, Chris. It's great to be here. There you go. It's great to have you if I can learn to spell stuff. Uh I've got a camera here for the screen, so I have to fight. I have to look around. Uh so give us your dot coms. Where can people find you on the interwebs? So for my book, uh, www.randsalig.com,
0: that'll take you right to uh, the website uh, on my
1: book. There you go. So thriving, give us a 30,000 overview of what's inside your book. Well, uh, thriving is all about the possibility
0: of reaching our potential. Uh, we, we have this power to do that. And uh, I believe I've lived my life this way, and I believe others can too. I can design my own life. Mm. And in a related way, we can also be the author of our own story.
1: Mm. The author of our own story. That's one of the things we talk about in the show. The stories are, are the owner's book to the manual of life. That's how we learn. That's how we learn from each other. That's how we gather our stories together and everything else. And so thriving. Why did you choose that as the title of the book?
0: Well, um, I wanted it to, to uh, jump off the shelf, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, thriving is a, a powerful word. Uh, it's not a hard word. We all use it if we speak English. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's around. It's familiar, but it's not necessarily very accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I should tell, uh, you, Chris and your listeners that thriving is really about the climate. It's, it's not the weather. It's not today. It's not yesterday. It's the longer period of time because any given
1: day, things could be really great or maybe not so good. There you go. And you talk about several aspects in the book. We'll get to here. Uh, but give us a rundown of your life. How did you grow up? Kind of what motivated you to make some of the changes you have in life? Maybe when did you discover that you, you, had, you, were the, you could be the architect, the author of your life?
0: Well, I, uh, I'm very fortunate. I, I have two great parents. Uh, they're both still alive. Dad's 101. Mom's 98. Uh, dad, was his first career was in the Army. Uh, which uh, took us, unfortunately, to not a zillion different places all at once. But uh, over the course of growing up, we lived in four different places. Um, And uh, mom was uh, initially a bacteriologist, uh, a scientist, and uh, dad, very, very disciplined. I learned a tremendous amount of, of having grit and a, a moral compass from him. And from mom, I learned a love of nature uh, and just being curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those qualities have really stood me in, in, in great uh, stead. I, I became a really good student um, mm-hmm. uh, as I as I you know, became a teenager. And uh, this became one of my very first principles uh, of of excellence being so important in just everything I do. And I've added to that as a sort of grounding way of living uh, to have purpose. And we can talk more about that. But excellence, purpose, and then I, as I evolved a little bit more, I realized that I just need to be uh, a, a voice for encouragement. Uh, originally, that was uh, with my family, with my kids, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, the last little part of the uh, flower that's unfolding is is being loved. not not the romantic thing that that w- we know about and that we see on Hollywood uh, movies and so on, but just the act of going through day-to-day life as Mm -hmm. a kind person as a caring person as as engaging with people even if they're just providing a cup of coffee to you to Mm -hmm. to to uh experience them and
1: share with them and be that love there you go now you opened up the book talking about character And uh, I believe that's kind of the foundation of where you start, building character. Uh, Tell us a little bit about uh, why that's important as the lead-out to thriving. Well, character
0: is absolutely essential for navigating forward if you're going to be on a path to thriving. Mm -hmm. Um, Half of my book is about thriving personally. And it starts with this building character issue, and I, I like to share a, a quote, which is the leading quote from that uh, first chapter: "It's life is a grindstone; mm-hmm. it will grind you down into grains of sand, or it will polish you like a fine gem. It all depends on what you're made of." There, mm-hmm.
1: and, and you you talk about uh, it. Basically, the first section is good cards, bad cards, playing them well. Yes, absolutely.
0: Uh, You know, we we're all at some level in the game, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh, whether we like it or not, yeah, whether we like it. gets that alive, (laughs) exactly. And you know, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor when I'm talking about playing cards. Uh, But some people come to the table and are not ready to play, or they don't really know the rules very well, or uh, they kind of want to get ahead and uh, kind of look over the shoulder of somebody else who's playing there's a lot of ways in which these cards come along and we can get you know good cards and we can play them well Mm -hmm. there's lots of things that i talk about in my book thriving about that there is ways to play the cards well but on the other hand the harder case would be where you get not so good cards what do you do then and again, this is where you have to reach down into this question of uh, character and uh, your whole personality and and learn to play them well. So you can get bad cards and play them well. That is possible, mm-hmm.
1: too. It's, it really comes down to how you react to what happens to you in life, how you deal with it, how you, you can play the victim yep. and be like, oh, yep. this thing hurt me. And, you know, it's okay to acknowledge that. But um, how you how you use that through the rest of your life, whether you use it to empower you, uh, make you better, improve the quality of life, whether you learn from it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that's one thing you talk about, too, in that chapter is being a lifelong learner. How important in in the in improving the quality of your life do you think that is?
0: Uh, again, I think it's one of these uh, incredibly important things, Chris. Lifelong. When I say lifelong learner, I, I don't mean that you, every minute of the day, you're reading another book or you're Googling something. That, But it's about being curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and curiosity plays such important dividends in so many ways in our lives. For example, if you're disagreeing with somebody... Uh, you can get yourself into a lot of frustration or maybe anger or maybe hurt that relationship because what, what you're hearing doesn't fit with what, you, what you're all about. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, if you pull away, kind of like being a fly on the wall, and you say, let me be curious, why is this person saying these things? Why do they believe what they believe? Then you can be asking questions. And you don't have to weigh in with your own judgments or your own opinions. You can just say, "Hey, what, you know, that's that's very interesting to me. Well, where did you learn that, or what, you know, why do you why do you believe that?" Mm-hmm. Um, so, being a lifelong learner is really important in that regard. But it's also incredibly important in terms of learning from your own mistakes. Mm-hmm. There's so many of my clients and so many people I've known over the years who are still to this day maybe years, decades later, lamenting about something that happened to them a long time ago. And it—it just in talking to them, I realized that whatever they fell into, whatever little hole in life they fell into, they really didn't learn enough about that to avoid having it happen again and put it in some kind of perspective so that they can say, hey, I'm not a bad person. And yes, I'm alive today and I'm happy to be so.
1: Imagine carrying all that weight for all that time, yeah. you know, a lifetime, 50, 40, 30, 50 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's quite the burden. And, you know, you can't change the past. You can't change, you can, technically, you can't, you can affect the future. But, you know, what you worry about is my 90%, what is it, like 97% of what will won't come true, the, the fears we have about the future. Um, you just have to worry about what's here and now and how you react to it. And that's really an important part. Well,
0: in terms of not being able to change the past, uh, I think that we have a lot of power. And this, this issue of the power of choice mm-hmm. uh, about how we feel and how we recapture, I was talking about being the author of own, our own story. We can um, not, not necessarily make it all up, but you can look at your history and decide what to emphasize, what to just sort of ignore, what's really not very important anymore And maybe it was important 10 years ago, but now it's no longer part of your storyline. That's okay. And I think it's especially important for uh, dealing with parents. And the tricky part is where maybe a parent has passed away and there was some unresolved issue. That's still repairable by writing a letter. Now, obviously, the letter's not sent. But what you do is you write this letter to, in my case, it would be my father, and I mm-hmm. would say, you know, to this, this sort of fictional father, it was great to have such a marvelous weekend with you. We did this, we did that, we talked about these great things. Well, I'm making that up, but I am, by writing that letter, repairing that relationship and moving on, I'm creating, inventing, if you will, this other father. Very powerful. Mm-hmm.
1: Very powerful. Uh, you talk about money, emotions, managing ourselves. Uh, let's touch on a little bit of that because there's a lot you have in this book. And and so uh, uh, let's touch on some of that if we could tease out a little bit of that.
0: Well, I, I believe very firmly. I mean, my whole world for decades since my late 20s was, has been in the investment banking, the finance world. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, a lot of people who are just interested in money and uh, are, well, maybe amoral, uh, but the moral compass seems to be uh, put aside if it's inconvenient. <laughs> so, I believe, and, and you know, creating my own firm really, really enabled me to do this, that we can define success on our own terms. Mm-hmm. It's a critical ingredient. And what does that mean? That means that you're looking internally. You're not looking across it some coworker or some neighbor to see what they're doing or, you know, what new toys they have. What you're looking at is your own set of important measures. You know, what's going to add value to your life? Well then go do that. If that means taking a, you know, a long hike rather than jumping in an airplane, well then my gosh, then take that long hike. You know, the issue is that we should be treasuring our relationships,
1: not our possessions. There you go, and and because you know you're not going to be able to take any of that with you. The things you're going to remember, you know, I'm not going to remember. I don't know how much money I had in the bank uh, twenty years ago. I actually kind of do, but there's a lot of money. Um, but uh, I actually don't know what it was exactly. I have a rough idea, but you're not. It's not going to matter. Like it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter. Um, and it really didn't matter. I if if I if I could give everything up for something, it wouldn't be to have some amount in the bank, it would be for me to spend five or 10 minutes with somebody who I can't spend time with anymore. uh, Get them back. Um, To me, that would be more valuable. And I think, I think what you've espoused in the book is, you know, money isn't everything we need to, we need to value people and value um, the important things in life as we go through it. You know, I, I like your book because you, you pretty much walk people through almost like an owner's manual to life. And, and, all the different aspects that you break down in little pieces of chapters on, you know, how to do this, how to do that, how to work through this. Uh, we have uh, Kelly coming in from our uh, audience there. Love it, Rand. We don't just survive. We can thrive. And so that's what you're telling people how to do is don't just yeah. survive. Just don't go, don't go through your life like um, a robot. Where you're just like, I don't know. People tell me what to do. You know, I remember as a child, I was, I, I used to listen to. It was Billy Joel's "My Life" that used to make me wonder about Mm -hmm. midlife crises. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I think I was listening to it when I was 11 through whenever. And I remember thinking, Well, who are these single people and they're divorced, and why are they having all these midlife crises? And and you know, my. You know, I, I would hear, I think my mom ran about, you know, when, when they get a certain age, they just go on off of girls and, and a car, a red car, you know, and it's that sort of thing. And, uh, so I'm like, well, how, how, why are these guys getting married? And then somewhere they wake up around 40 or 50 and they, and they're like, Hey, I'm going to go have fun in life. Mm. And I'm like, how do I keep that from happening to me? And I mm-hmm. actually thought about this mm-hmm. and it had a huge mm-hmm. impact in my life. Thanks, Billy Joel. Um a lot of songs from Billy Joel had an impact in my life. But and so I, I started looking at life as uh as choices that I could make. And it occurred to me one mm-hmm. day, because mm-hmm. we would get that old Sears catalog. Remember that old JC Penney mm-hmm. phone book mm-hmm. you could you could whack somebody and kill them with it. <laughs> it that in the old pages. Um uh I remember looking at one day and I go, you know, life is like for what I can tell about life, like life is like a giant catalog, and you can choose mm-hmm. what you want to mm-hmm. be. You, you want to be an author, you go over here. You want to be a mm-hmm. dancer for ballet, you go over here. You can you kind of choose things in life. You don't have to, yeah. you know. And and I was going through that crisis as a teenager because I'm like, yeah, everyone tells me I got to do this and I got to do that. and I got to do this and I got to do that, and it's like, I, what if I don't want to do that? You know, uh, what if I want to go do this? And who says I got to do that? Well, everyone, you know, this is what everyone does, Chris. And you're like, well, everyone who? <laughs> so uh, well, those are well, some of the things I was identifying when I was young. Well, I I think this
0: choice you talk about is really the heart of heart of my book and heart of my mm-hmm. thinking. Choice is um, it covers everything that happens to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, obviously there are people who abdicate and don't make choices, uh, out of wherever their mind is, but the choice is about what to do or not to do. It's about how to feel. And the thing Mm -hmm. about feelings is that some of those feelings come up, wow, lickety split, and they could be coming from something decades old or when you were a kid and they, you know, again, it's a sort of a trigger point comes up. Yeah. Choices about who we spend time with. Uh, I've heard, maybe uh, you, Chris, have heard or your listeners have heard that we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. Well, you think about that and you think, wow, am I the smartest or the uh, the nicest or the (laughs) funniest person I know? Uh, Maybe you need to add some new people (laughs) to to your group. So, choices
1: are all around
0: us. There you go. That's why I always
1: surround myself with ugly people, so I can be the best-looking guy in the room. Sorry, I had to get that joke in there. That's good. I like that (laughs) one. I like that one. I'm still the dumbest person in the room, but that's another story. (laughs) So um, designing your life, people need to think of it from this thing. And and by thinking of it from I'm going to design my life, you take out the victimhood mentality. How, How bad is it? to have a victimhood mindset as opposed to I'm going to be the artist or storyteller or filmmaker behind my life.
0: Well, you know, when I talk about that in the book, I, I end with the question, uh, if you have that, what's it, what's it getting? What is, where's it taking you? What's it getting Mm -hmm. you? And uh, I've yet to meet somebody uh, who has a victim mentality where it seems like it's a win. Mm -hmm. It, It does not. It seems to shrink. Uh, the world all around, and and make people very fearful and angry, and I I don't think those emotions serve us very well. I understand they come up. I've had them, of course, uh, but um, yeah. To answer that question, no, I I don't think victim mentality is
1: yeah. goes very because you're not empowered. You don't you don't have any control. You're just like everything's my fault. I'm just going to sit here and stew and complain about Poe is me and. I'm a victim. Um, you know, I mean, you can do the pose me thing for about five seconds and be like, well, this sucks. Somebody drove in my car today. Um, but then how you take it, you know, a lot of this, uh, a lot of it, you know, stoicism, Marcus Aurelius, meditations, you know, how you respond to stuff. I think Seneca covered this a lot, too. Um, but I like in your book how you break it down. Uh, you, you go through everything, spirituality and religion, uh, gratitude purpose and meaning let's talk about like gratitude is so important and uh and and having that in your life
0: yeah well i mean i think we all know that if you have a good attitude i mean i i think of myself as being relentlessly positive mm-hmm. and i i you know there's so many qualities that i can point to about how i'm living life very consciously intentionally and being positive is right there in the the absolute middle of it. I wake up and I'm doing a little jig, uh, uh, you know. The, I may have a challenging day ahead of me, but I'm I'm looking for the good the good qualities. If nothing else, then it, the day will end, <laughs> and I will have gotten through it. Definitely. Uh, so attitude uh, matters a lot. It is something that we can control. Um, and let me just see something. Um, yeah, the four things that we can control today. This is just something that I pulled up. There's a great guy, John Gordon, written many books. I don't know if you know him, Chris, but good guy. Uh, he says the four things that we can control are our attitude, our effort, our behavior, and our actions. Mm. Wow. Wow. There you go. Uh, starts with attitude.
1: Yeah. And if you're if you're grateful, that puts you in a humbler position to accept the world and be thankful for what you have. In a world like we have today, we have so many people that are living off FOMO. Social media seems to incur a lot of this. They they feel that they need to keep up with the Joneses. There's a lot of fraud in the FOMO. You know, I mean, for a couple hundred bucks, you can go down in L.A. and get a picture of you seated in a stage set that looks like a private plane. And then you can post on your Instagram and everybody thinks you're ultra rich and flying around in private planes. Um, and uh, you know, there's a story after story of those frauds being busted and you find out they're not who they are. Uh, and people are, you know, they feel shame in their life. They allow themselves to feel shame in their life because they're like, well, I don't have a private jet. I'm not succeeding like that person is when really The person you compete with the most, the the, my biggest competitor, is me and my discipline and making me, making me a better person. And my biggest competitor is, is the guy who's like, no, let's just sit and watch a little TV and have a burger. You know, (laughs) that's who I'm competing against. Getting getting uh, me off the couch and and doing the things I'm supposed to do. That's that's my journey. That's my discipline. That's the person I need to beat. Uh, maybe sometimes uh, with a whip because I need to be like, "Hey, get off the couch, eh?" Um, and knows God knows I need that every now and then. Um,
0: there's there's a there's a great line about that from Hemingway, Chris. You're gonna mm-hmm. like this one. There is nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man. Mm-hmm. True nobility is being superior to your
1: former self. There you go. There you go. To always bettering yourself, as we talked about earlier. Uh you talk about purpose and meaning in chapter eight. Uh this seems to be something I resonate with and talk to people a lot. I think I always had my purpose and meaning through life and what I wanted to achieve, but I find a lot of people don't. Like you'll say, What's your purpose in life? And they're like, I don't know. Um, and then and then you'd be like, Well, uh, I don't know, have kids, raise a family. Well, I mean, that's a that's a noble purpose, but I mean what, what, is there something bigger than what, like, what does it mean to you? What is, how does it motivate you? How does it drive your purpose? Because you can lose your family. I mean, you get divorced. I know plenty of guys who never see their kids again because they're, they're, uh, alienated from their kids. Um, you know, you've got to have a purpose, I think much bigger than that in life as to what your overall meaning, what your overall journey and your walkthrough in life is about
0: yeah it, it it's uh, it, it can't be understated how important mm-hmm. that is and you know so many of my clients over the years where they came to me and said hey uh, Rand uh, I want to sell my company uh, can you help me with that and I said absolutely let's start with your objectives what are you all about what are we trying to accomplish because if I bring a, a transaction together that doesn't meet your objectives it, it fails it's, it's not right. So we need to have a litmus test in front of us at all times and review it periodically. You know, is this meeting your objectives? And what I found with a lot of these, they're really great people. They, they're very very accomplished. They built up a successful business, uh, sold it for a chunk of, chunk of money. Um, you know, I stayed close to them because I built this relationship where I became their most trusted advisor maybe ever in their life. Mm-hmm. And I'd see them several years later and they went through their bucket list. They traveled, they, their golf game got him you know, a lot better and so on and so forth, but they were a shadow of their former selves. They weren't mm. engaging with as many people. They weren't being challenged as much. So mm. they, what, they, what they exchanged for was, was, was not good. They did not spend the time to come up with the new purpose. It's a really critical thing. Um, Purpose is very re- related to meaning as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's, there's some thinking that meaning boils down to three things. It boils down to uh, you controlling, the autonomy you have to control the work you do, and that you get the feedback, you get the results of that work are known to you maybe financially or otherwise you also meaning comes from those moments in time when you're very brave you know whether it's a personal tragedy bankruptcy uh you know war situation whatever and you stand up tall and noble and you still have honesty and integrity with what you do that's meaning Mm -hmm. and then the third that's talked about is caring for another person That. That doesn't mean necessarily uh, an uh, a, a emotional or romantic relationship. It means taking care, taking care of somebody. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that's a parent. Maybe that's a, somebody who's not well. Um, these things provide a lot of meaning. And to just take another minute with this, Chris, because this mm-hmm. is so, so, so important. And so, you're right. So many people are a little confused about it. I don't think there's any substitute than, than uh, to figure out the purpose, then a deep dive into your, your soul. Mm-hmm. Who are you? What really matters to you? No, not anybody but you. You know, what, what's important to you, what provides purpose to you may be of n- really no consequence to me and vice versa. And that's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay to swim against the water. It's, it's okay to not do what your parents said was the right thing for you to do. I'm giving everybody full permission. Go for it. It's go a bunch of
1: teenagers it. right now going, Mom, screw you. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I don't know. It, I guess it depends on what Mom's selling. You know. Uh, so there you go. Uh, sorry, Moms. I just lost the whole Mom crowd. Uh, how, the mom, the Mom's a the teenager crowd. Um, so there you go. I, it's Finding your purpose is so important. And I'll ask people what it is, and they're just like, well, I don't know. Um, I don't know, maybe I I like raising my kids and it's like, well, you're not going to do that all your life. I mean, you're going to support your kids all your life, but I mean, I think, I think I heard recently, there's a really weird statistic that the, the amount of hours you spend with your children up until the, you, you get them out of their house is enormous. And the amount of time that you spend with them when they're out of the house, uh, individually is like a very small amount of hours comparatively. and uh, so you got to go find something else to do with your life. I think a lot of people, maybe maybe when they become empty nesters, you see them get divorced, you realize that maybe they didn't have a bigger purpose. So they, maybe their marriage or their relationship or, I don't know, maybe they're just sick of each other. Who knows? I don't know. It's not my problem. And,
0: you know, I just heard, Chris, and I, I haven't verified <laughs> it, but the highest rate of suicide in the world right now is in Korea mm. because uh, the grandparents... Who used to, you know, uh, spend time with the grandkids and be asked questions and, oh, grandma, grandpa, what, how do you do this? Well, you know, what, when you were a kid, what did you do? And so on. That's being, that's gone away because mm. of the internet. And the kids, the grandkids are now going and Googling stuff. And the grandparents have, like, no role. And wow. so it's a, it's a crushing moment and wow. huge suicides.
1: Wow. That's six, uh, now is it the older people saying? that are committing suicide because they Yeah. Because they wow, that's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, we live in an interesting world with our culture. I was talking to this about somebody the other day who was complaining about ageism mm-hmm. in our in our culture, and they're they're dealing with, you know, they've they've lived a lifetime where they have uh, you know extraordinary skill, experience, knowledge. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, yeah, a lot of people my age, you know. I don't. I work for myself, so I never, never had that problem. But a lot of people that I know that work for other people, they're complaining about it too, about ageism, you know. And and over my time, I'm sure your time as a VC or or working with your funds, you've seen this. But uh, in Silicon Valley, we see a lot of young people that are put in charge of stuff, and there's a certain There's a certain mindset to doing that. There's certain things to, you know, they can see things maybe because they're younger. They're younger generation. They can see outside of the box. But a lot of the times you see them run great companies that has so much potential into the ground. And you're like, why didn't you bring in some older people? (laughs) some Experience. Uh, You know, Uh, you can read some of the stories from some of my friends uh, who've written books about, Um, you know, the, the crazy alcohol parties and goof off parties and, in some of these things, you know, we work had, we work with the original CEO, we work had, had, there was some strange ass shit going on in those companies. Um, they really needed somebody older coming in and going, Hey, this is not how we do it kids. Let's, uh, it's not a romper room. Let's grow up and make a profit here and make this thing work. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with younger people, but it it helps have that balance, that equilibrium. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, finding your place. So, yeah, that's what I think about that. And well, I,
0: I, I um, related to that is something that uh, I also have done a lot of thinking about and have talked to, to a lot of people about. And it's, it's, it's in my book in a number of places is what's involved with aging well. Mm-hmm. You talk about age, ageism. It's just all over this. And I think it, for me, it boils down to four things. One, having friends of all ages. You know, most folks have friends plus or minus five years of their age. Mm -hmm. So having somebody's half your age or 20 years older than you, that's a whole new thing. And it takes a whole different kind of person to be with them, uh, to listen, to ask questions and so on. Uh, A second thing is what we talked about before, this being curious and being a lifelong (laughs) learner huge thing of aging well uh being grateful again something that you you were talking about uh chris Uh, you know so many of our struggles are because we aren't really um seeing the whole the whole story Mm -hmm. you know A bad day followed by a nice weekend. Well, I had a bad day. Well, no, you had a bad day and a nice weekend. So, you know, there's a great quote that goes like, the struggle ends when gratitude begins.
1: There you go. You know, that's why I hang out. You know, you say you should have hang out with a spectrum of young people and old people. I try and do that. So what I do is I go down to the preschools and I hang out there and I say to the preschoolers, Hey, what do you think about Bitcoin? Like 20 years from now? Cause you're going to, you know, you're going to be 20 years. What, which, 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 what, what sort of bet should you think? What should I do? Uh, here's some, here's some stocks that might be good. Some EV cards. What do you think about this? Should I do that? What do you, so that's what I try and do. I try and tap into those young kids and, uh, mostly they're just eating sand. And looking at me funny but you know every now and then one's like yeah buy bitcoin so i that's i don't know i'm just going with that <laughs> don't yeah do that. yeah just don't do yeah. That. I yeah i think i had a fair. lot of sand and I, I just lost the whole preschool crowd too sorry two of them just left um but not all preschoolers eat sand i just want to make that clear it was just me ah. really early when i was a kid uh and you talk about in your book uh it's i i suppose i should bring this up i'm fifty. i 'm fifty six today it's my birthday today so oh, um congratulations yeah well you know i i yeah and to what i, was, I started to dodge what I was going to speak to and then realized I should shut up again when I turned fifty i had i i made this pose me post and I write a lot of tongue and cheek and comedy stuff on on my Facebook, you know, so I wrote some kind of tongue in cheek sort of, Whoa, is me? Everything heard since 50 years old. And, and I remember people were, you know, throwing the slinging the stuff around with me. And somebody wrote me and they hit me like a ton of bricks. And they go, You know, Chris, there's a lot of people who would really have loved to make it to 50. So maybe you should just sit down, shut up. Wow. And uh realize wow. and cherish what a what a moment is, the fact that you get there. And somebody asked me today, they go, What what do you hope for? What do you want for your birthday? What do you what do you what do you wanna you know, what, what what do we, what would you like? And I'm like, you know what? I like world peace, I like I like to have us uh the song Imagine be fulfilled. Um I'd like to uh mm-hmm. but I i just like to also have health and happiness, like all of us. Not just me, all of us. So yeah. We can work on that, maybe in, end a couple of wars, that'd be good too. Come to think of it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, being so you talk about in the book about aging well, uh, with soul is how you you call it evolving, aging with soul. So I already sold my soul to the devil. That's how I got this podcast. But how can I how can people like me evolve and age better? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, again, um you know a lot of people are shocked when i say this but i am an introvert you know i'm a very social person but also Mm -hmm. technically an introvert which means i do a lot of thinking i like to be by myself and i don't go into a meeting without having an agenda which i i share ahead of time Mm -hmm. uh but uh evolving with soul is an inner look it's 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 evolving means that you're doing something to yourself uh, or responding to something that happened to you, so there are several components to that. One is uh, becoming a better listener. Boy, that's something I've really had to work at. Because what?
1: No, I'm <laughs> yeah. just kidding. I had to be a shit there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, y- you know, if you, if you think you have a bunch of stuff to say, then there's not necessarily a lot of room to uh, to listen. So, um, being more patient, uh, being more encouraging and as I was talking about being loved just how you act uh it's not it's not about your intention it's about your actions um I think the possibility is setting aside judgment and expanding perspective Mm -hmm. hugely important areas to evolve um evolving also uh you mentioned you know uh uh, having a birthday and moving on, your kid's getting older. You know, part of what I've learned is that there are times when you just got to let go. And I, and I like to share this little exercise, if I may. Please. So hold your fist up and uh, hold, it, hold something tight. Look at your knuckles at the top. Make them white. And you're seeing your knuckles at, at the top. And then you say you're holding on to something that you've not been able to let go of for a long time. Mm. Something you did, something somebody did to you. Now turn your fist over, still holding very tight, and you see, you see your knuckles again white. And then one day, one moment, you say to yourself, "Wait, am I powerful? I'm in charge here. I'm driving my own bus. I'm going to let go." And you mm. slowly open your fingers. You wiggle your fingers and your thumb. Your hand actually starts rising because it's so much lighter. Yeah. And this is a, this is one of these evolving steps is forgiving uh, uh, yourself and others
1: and letting go. There you go. I, I feel better already. Those five people those five enemies I killed and buried in the backyard, I feel so much lighter now, so there's that. It's my birthday present to you, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have a spare shovel? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> in a bag of lie? I don't know. Don't do that, folks. The attorneys make me say uh, the ad hominems where, uh, you know, don't don't murder people and put them in the backyard. Put them in a big farm. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that, people. Anyway, it's all comedy, folks. Um, so uh, g- give us a rundown of. What you're doing um, on your website, do you do any coaching, do you do any services, or have you just, your main focus is to pitch the book out and improve the world?
0: Yeah, uh, I appreciate that question. Um, This year, since the book is is fairly uh, new out in the world, uh, Mm -hmm. and um, I am all about engagement. So I'm going to be speaking uh, in person things. Uh, local high schools invited me. Bookstores, uh, alumni groups, uh, a book a book group uh, in uh, St. Louis uh, yeah. has said, "Can we uh, get a Zoom thing and have you come in and join us?" Because that's this is this is the book we're reading right now. Yeah. So it's it's about engagement so that I can give this message, this very positive message that we are powerful and that we can we can make these choices. Um, I also have aspirations to uh, teach this as a course, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe college course, maybe a continuing ed court, course. Um, uh, I, I, I would lo- so I'd have to transform the book into some kind of a workbook to do that. Mm-hmm. But I would love to do that because just, just being smart in a, call it academic sense, is not enough in today's world maybe it never was but uh to to have this capacity to absorb what i'm talking about in in this book it's shakespeare did not have it right hamlet was not right it's not to be or not to be it's how to be and Uh. how not to be (laughs) so that's where i'd like to go um i'm not doing i've been invited uh quite a number of times to be some kind of a coach to either a person or a small group. And I've been reluctant to do that because I'm trying to, you know, have a wider audience uh, and use my time more broadly. There you go. At least for now.
1: And so people can reach out to you on your website. They can download yes. some quotes that you have from the book and yeah. they can probably keep in touch with you for future uh, yeah. things that you do, hire you to speak, et cetera, et cetera. Um, give us your final thoughts on people to order with the book as we go out uh, and uh, all that sort of stuff. Well,
0: this is, uh, this is my new mission. Uh, I, I believe very strongly in, in the principles that are underlying, uh, underlying this book. It's taking me a lifetime to compile this. Mm-hmm. You know, I started writing this book. Uh, three years ago, but it came from a four foot high stack of papers that I had been collecting since high school. Uh, Quotes, articles from, uh, uh, you know, magazines. Uh, When I read a book that I thought was particularly cool, I'd take some notes, lots and lots of quotes, which are, you know, uh, all all over my book. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, this is an uh, an exciting moment uh, to have this message. Uh, I think it's a it's a great time in the world for it. Um, you know, I believe that uh, we need to marry power and love. Hmm. And power, power is um, can be defined as um, the the ability to achieve a purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's a big word, but let's let's just go with that. Uh, Power, the ability to achieve a purpose. Mm -hmm. Well, and love doesn't have to be, again, the romantic thing. Love can be about involving others. uh, uh, And so, power without love. Think of yourself in a meeting. Power without love uh, can be very oppressive. You know, somebody's running the meeting and doesn't allow anybody to add something to the agenda. Mm -hmm. Um, And love without power can be very weak and ineffective anemic Mm -hmm. so we really need to walk down this road it's kind of like uh walking on one leg is power and then move to the other leg is love and if you get more and more uh familiar with that after all what we practice we become Mm -hmm. then we can start moving faster even running and Mm -hmm. this is this is a cool thing too
1: there you go. How to thrive instead of survive, as Kelly put it earlier. So there you go. It's been an honor to have you on the show, Rand, and share your vision with us. I love the book. This is like an owner's manual to life. I mean, you've you. you've in, in <laughs> you've incrementally built throughout the chapters, laying a foundation and how to journey through life. And uh, I'm I'm excited to look, I read it um, and get into it because I I always need reminders about stuff, uh, you know thou shalt not kill is usually one of them obviously for you know what's going on in my backyard but uh, great callback joke um, but uh, there you go uh, so give us your.com one more time as people go out uh, thank you Chris you. It's, yeah uh,
0: www.randsalig.com r-a-n-d-s-e-l-i-g
1: here's the book there you go there you go order it up folks wherever fine books are sold thriving how to create a happier, healthier. Let me get recut that. Cause I did, I, I switched that around thriving, how to create a healthier, happier, and more prosperous life came out september 18th 2023 thanks for honest for tuning in go to goodreads.com for just chris voss refer the show to your family friends relatives linkedin.com for just chris voss chris voss won the tiktok chris voss facebook.com all those crazy places the show is on the internet there's like so many groups it's insane thanks for tuning in be good to each other stay safe and we'll see you guys next time